0: You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a woman's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual light workers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Welcome Thanks for to listening. The Chelsea's Zerna Podcast. I am here with Beckett Carson. She is also a retreat facilitator with me. She is incredible. And today we are gonna be diving into plant medicine. Becca just got back from a ayahuasca retreat, and she's going to be telling us a little bit about it. Becca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, I've been really
1: excited to to be back on with you, and just to share this experience because this will be like the first time. I'm pretty fresh out of it, so the first time I'm really diving in with someone to this experience.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to dive in. And I know that you, we kind of talked about it a little bit beforehand, but this is something that is a really edgy topic. And in our community, you know, it's a little bit more commonplace, but I know that for someone just coming across this podcast and going, oh, wow, they're talking about ayahuasca. Yes. And This is going to be an amazing journey to potentially expand you into just looking at plant medicine with a different lens. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, how did you find ayahuasca?
1: I love that question. Um, So I've been on quite a healing journey uh, for the last really like five to seven years, but it's really kicked in hard for like the last four years So I have worked with other plant medicines. Um, I've done a lot of different types of retreats, breath work, deep meditations, things that have gotten me, all gotten me to a similar place, um, vibrationally speaking. And ayahuasca was just always kind of on my radar because of the experiences that I had already, you know, gone through. I was like, wow, if, you know, I hear that this could be even um, more more potent, I guess, of an experience. So yeah, it's been on my radar for years, but... At the beginning of last year, I really started thinking about it. Um, And part of me wanted to go start seeking it out. You know, like, well, maybe that's the next retreat I want to go on. But this very strong intuitive feeling came over me saying, let ayahuasca find you. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) my impatient side and like my Virgo planner is all like, what? I want to go find it. You know, I want to do this on my terms. So very human of us. Um, So I remember back in October, I'd gone through some really hard, loss over last year, just like a lot of shedding. I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, I I got to that point where it was like the calling was feeling very strong to ayahuasca. Mm. And so I put out a prayer one day and said, if I am meant to have this experience, please give me a clear sign and give me an invite. I want to be asked in by the medicine as opposed to me going and looking for it like I have in the past. And lo and behold, uh, less than two weeks later, I got a phone call from someone that we both know, um, a medicine woman who I don't even know that well yet, um, but she invited me to this private ceremony, and she said that uh, she sat down with the spirit of ayahuasca. She always asks very intentionally, like, who should be in these ceremonies? And she saw me there, (laughs) and so that was a very clear sign to me, but it's funny because like at first I was like, oh, wow, there's my answer, you know, it's invited me in. I'm there. I'm ready. And then, a few days after that, it was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I'm doing this like I don't you know I got invited. I can't say no. um of course you can. you're always in control of your situation, but mm-hmm. no, I wanted to lean in everything in me that was was fearful um it was still overpowered by that that feeling of knowing
0: and mm, that's, totally that's it like." <laughs> I love that and I love that you you set the intention for ayahuasca to find you versus going out and finding it. I remember when I did my ayahuasca journey that was the exact same thing. I was actually really resisting it and I was like, okay, no, 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 no. And <laughs> I got to the point where there was no other option except flying to the Amazon jungle and I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it's somehow all meant to be always and it always finds us at the exact moment that we're ready for it, which I'm a true believer in. Like, It's one thing to just push yourself off a cliff and be like, I'm going to go all in, but it's another thing to be guided and to be ready for it and to know what you're getting into because it's not a joke. (laughs) It's very intense, very serious, very powerful. And, um, yeah, it was used for people who've never done ayahuasca. It was used – like for thousands and thousands of years by different shamans. And a lot of times you do it with another plant. So it's called a dieta and you take ayahuasca with another plant. And ayahuasca actually is um, the opener to communicate with the other plants of the jungle that are all used for healing. So yes, ayahuasca is a psychedelic, um, but there's other plants in the jungle that are actually very healing. And so ayahuasca was the the medium between communicating between plants in the jungle. So shamans would spend maybe their entire lifetime just studying with one plant to understand how to use it on the body to heal. So it's like super powerful medicine. And yeah, I love sharing these stories because it's also one of the biggest ways that we can connect spiritually. Okay. Amazing. So yes. So I'd love to talk a little bit about um, like what you wanted to receive from the medicine. Like you go into the ceremony and like you're supposed to set an intention, right? So like, what was your reason for wanting to do it now? And what did you want to get from it?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I went in originally, and even over the years that I referred to that I was, this was on my radar. I had a lot of different intentions. Like Every lesson I've gone through, it's like that was there was some intention formed around that. But then the closer I got to it and the more I really dug deep within, it was my intention. What I felt like I needed from it was the feeling of true unconditional love, as simple as that sounds. Um, I probably would have laughed, actually, if you told me before the ceremony it was really that simple. But on some level, I knew that. Um, I need that, like that level of self-acceptance and self-love. And the only way I can imagine seeing that or experiencing that is if I could see myself through God's eyes. And so that was my overarching um, intention. Excuse me if I get emotional because I'm still processing, but that was my overarching intention going in because I realized that everything else falls under that category. If I, love, if I could see myself through God's eyes, I can see other people through God's eyes. I can take each experience and go to that place and, and channel from that place of love which is ironic because the last time I was on the podcast, it was all about unconditional love. And I have (laughs) such a bigger, such a bigger, more expanded perspective on what that really means. Um, So that was a huge intention. Um, Also going, I knew there was something around faith for me because I've spent a lot of years, like really working on cultivating faith and faith to me has always been the belief in the unseen and growing up in a very religious household. Um, there came a lot of uh, baggage around that knowing, um, but yeah, like our human, our human always wants to to believe something, like to see something to believe it. You know, it, it just feels like it's a different feeling. So that's something I'll get into later as well. But that was my intention: is strengthening that faith. And the experience actually made me feel like I moved from faith to belief in the seen, instead of belief mm. in the unseen. So it's a very, it's a much more grounded feeling. Um, it's not like I have to, like I'm grasping to it the way I was. Um, and then a huge intention was to break the belief within me that healing has to be hard. Because as a healer mm-hmm. and as someone who's been doing and continually doing a lot of healing, um, we've been coming from this really dense energy. So it naturally feels really hard. You know, it's like trying to release that and, and take our vibration up. It's the struggle, you know, it's like, just letting go of that. And I think that can, like, I almost have felt like I've been watching that happen around me in the world a little bit lately, that we have this addiction to the pain of healing in a way. I know that sounds wild because that's obviously not our our heart's intention, but I think our ego has this this, um, struggle with that addiction. So to be able to go into a place and just feel like, what does it feel like to heal in a happy way? What does it feel like to just be healed, to be loved, you know, to to just let go of that struggle and not need to dive into every little detail of why I feel that way or how exactly that that experience tra- uh, transformed me or what it is in my childhood that I don't remember that started that, you know, like I think I t- spent too much time before just like full force diving into that as opposed to being able to just kind of get to a place of release without
0: facing that. I hope that all that makes mm. sense. <laughs> um, like really like like sitting in the shadow and really allowing yourself to feel it fully versus like just realizing that you can heal through other ways like through love versus like diving in deep into the shadow is that kind of yeah. the Yeah, that it is.
1: Um and I don't get me wrong, I feel like a lot of shadow work, you know, you that's part of our process is to feel that pain and to let it leave our body. And that's usually where we're feeling. I think where we're feeling that pain and struggle is like just the years it's been suppressed in our body. Like sometimes going into the shadow is very challenging and painful, but um, I think there also comes a certain point where you've kind of like every human on this journey has gone through that struggle um, as much as they need to. And then they have the choice at that point to, to release it and let love in, you know, it's um, because otherwise I feel like, and this is a realization within the journey for me. It's like, what is the purpose of life if it's going to be a constant struggle? If my healing journey this lifetime is like, just to break all these karmic cycles or just to keep going back into it. Um, and so mm-hmm. I feel like I mentioned this with you, you know, off, uh, off the top of my head the other day, it was like that feeling of all of these experiences in my life were chapters and I would feel like the new chapters start. But now I feel like I'm in a new book (laughs) and it's not that I'm disassociated with the old book. I love the old book even more now and have like so much appreciation for every single thing playing out the way it did to be able to start this new one. But there was a clear switch in my programming of like, okay, Um, old and new. (laughs) And that's like, yeah, that's a space I'm kind of floating in right now.
0: Oh my God. So will you walk us through the ceremony a little bit? like what happened during the ceremony?
1: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, Wow. It feels like thinking back on it, it feels like it was five minutes and it feels like it was five years um, and duration because you really do lose the concept of time and space, um, which I'm still kind of coming back to right now. But leading up to the ceremony, um, we do a pretty intense Dieta, so we're just cleansing the mind and body, mind, body, and spirit of everything that could be blocking us to get there. So the two weeks before, but especially like the four to five days before, um, I mean, you're eliminating everything: foods, spices, sex, alcohol, like even you know, um, a lot of TV and social media, anything like this outer stimuli. So that's leading up to it. So you're very clear-headed going into it. I felt a lot of clear clarity. But I also felt a lot of fear moving into the days leading up to it. And when I say that was the most scared I've ever been, that is not an exaggeration. I felt fear on every level of my being. It felt like it was just shooting out of me. And I remember driving there thinking, "Oh my God, what if like my fear energy messes with somebody else's energy? You know, like all of this that's how much fear I had. Um, <laughs> but this was one of the most healing aspects of the journey, is when I leaned into it. So, you know, we have this beautiful ceremony leading up to it, I'll go through all the details, but you get to a place of feeling really comfortable with your intention being there, um, the decision you made to be there, the people there with you, you know, understanding all of, everyone has this deep intention to experience like a greater sense of love. So that right away connects you and makes you, I think that's true for most circles. Um, the other thing is I really trusted the people leading the ceremony and I think that makes all the difference in the world. So they gave us a lot of um, encouragement going in, like right before we sat with the tea. They told us about the ego bardo, I believe what she called it, um, that this is a place where you can get stuck in that feels like eternal hell. And I think if you've ever done any kind of plant medicine, you may have gotten into this place, Um, but it's like this cycle uh, or loop that you get stuck in yeah, your ego starts playing out the same fears, the same beliefs, like everything making you feel closed. And that was one of my big fears going into it. So having someone explain that process and say like that very very well may be something you experience, but if you can remember the prayer and the mantra going into it, that um, is basically, let me learn my lessons the most pleasurable way possible. You can break through that, that place and then you go to see what Ayahuasca is showing you which at the time I didn't realize that was heaven, but it really is. <laughs> I, was kind of, I, was, I mean, that was one of the first things uh, that I felt. I was just like, wow, nobody told me <laughs> this is heaven. Like that this is the experience, you know, but then I had to look around the room and realize that's not everybody's experience We're all moving through different parts of it. You know, yeah. that was um, a big experience of mine, but yeah, leading into oh, it, there's, there's just a lot, it's a lot of prep work and, um, I think with any, like with anything in life, you have to really give it your all. And um, I know that if I had done this a year ago, like it would not have been the same experience. I had so much more that I was carrying energetically, and that just wasn't feeling aligned with my life that I wasn't ready to let go of. It wouldn't have been the same. So I would say preparation in every aspect of your life going in will make all the difference in the world. So then comes the point where you, you know, you set your intention or just remind yourself of that and you drink it. And then there's this process of like 30 to 45 minutes of quiet time before the shamans start really leading you through music or anything else. And that is one of, that was one of the most um, awkward and loud silences I've ever heard within myself <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> in that place that in between of, well, I drink it and I feel my stomach kind of doing some weird things and like this heat in my body, but I don't feel it yet. You know, like the psychedelic part hasn't kicked in or whatever else. And then, then
0: you're happened. like, well, did it happen? What is it What is, yeah. it gonna, what is <laughs> like, like? There's so many questions that race through.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. But in that process, this is one of the most healing aspects of it to me is in that process, it was showing me, I do this in life with everything.
0: Like mm. this fear
1: of when I'm, every time I'm in a place of expansion, it's like, what if, what if, you know, or what if I fail? What okay. if? we all have these, these moments in life where we really fight through it. And I felt like that's what she was showing me, like just on the other side. And that was the first realization that happened for me. And there was just on the other side of fear is love. And the minute I heard that it was like, she was, I don't know. It feels like she's speaking to you, but it's also your own words in your mind, like your heart speaking it. Um, but the medicine is clearly guiding you to this place that realization. So I, skipped over that ego barter place that I was so scared I was going to get stuck in by holding on to my intention really tightly and then just like softening. And that was another thing that the shamans told us going in, just soften when in doubt, just soften, just accept it, let it happen, let it take you on this journey. Um, And so once I had that realization of just on the other side of fear is love, just on the other side of struggle and resistance is bliss and ecstasy, that started the whole journey for me. It was like really wow. energy, yeah, like shooting out of me. That was just love, and like the whole room just started vibrating, in love. Um, wow.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, and and after that, like, and we'll talk about this, different aspects of it. But it's a long, it's a long journey. I mean, it lasted um, the deep, intense part of it probably lasted somewhere around like four or five hours for me. And then even after that, you feel the effects for a very long time, like the following day, and. You're very clear headed though, like within the journey, you're extremely yeah. lucid and it's going to be a little different for everyone, of course, but I think for some people, they have moments like either, I mean, cause you can do different amounts. So like maybe there's a place that when you go deeper, you completely lose sense of your body, you know, like I know that's some people's mm-hmm. experience. Um, and I kind of like flashed in and out of that place, but it wasn't like I was so much more lucid and coherent than I yeah. thought, like. Yeah, it felt like where most um, plant medicines will—I like to nerd out on this a little bit—but if you look at a brain scan with a you know regular brain and then one on plant medicine, you see uh, the plant medicine brain a lot more um, neural pathways created and opened up, and so that's one of the beautiful aspects of or like how this is so healing. I've experienced that, but it felt like ayahuasca took that to greater heights and every single neural pathway that could possibly be formed in my brain was blasted open
0: and blasted through like hyper awareness. Yes. Like super awareness, super open, receiving love, receiving truth. It's almost like the direct source to the infinite God, which is like only where pure love and truth exists. And for me, when I first when I did my journey, I actually experienced all of those um, places. I went to the Ego Bardo first in my first journey. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. And then I broke through like halfway through. And then I got to experience what it felt like to be in that heaven state. And then in my second journey, I lost total sense of my body. Like, I think the shaman just was like, oh yeah, you've done this before. And I was like, no, like, no, like give me as little as possible. And, and I still it was too much. And so I like lost all sense of my body. I, I, I left that thinking I could write a book because I discovered the meaning of life. But then when I went to write, I couldn't put any of it in words. So I was like, all right, well, this is just a, the unwritten book of the meaning of life. And I'll never know how to ever translate this. And then the third journey that was when I properly took the exact amount that I needed and was able to have this. I feel like this is the space that you got to initially. It was just like the space of just being able to ask Mama Ayahuasca questions and receive the answers, almost like I was in a conversation and getting deeper, like, can I ask anything? And just like feeling the excitement of that, of just like, okay. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's, um, that was something that they told us leading into it as well. They were like, you know, you'll have, basically she takes you on this journey and then you'll get to a place when you kind of reach that place of what we're talking about. Like you're very lucid and you can, you settled into it. It's almost like you've gone through that vibrational shift where you can Mm -hmm. use your body again. You can use your mind again. Um, And yeah, from, from that place they were like, ask questions, you know, start to just play with it and listen and feel and, just experience that within your body and so it was like a little everything I was experiencing was like a little kid put right into an adult body it was amazing yeah. It was like oh, I can ask questions <laughs> and then I'd ask something and I would see it and for me it was um it wasn't it was visual for sure but it wasn't like I was um blasting off having these completely different otherworldly visions either it was like I was just seeing the frequency of love and like how my emotions and thoughts were coming out in different colors and different shades of light, even past things that I've ever comprehended or seen, you know, in this human brain. Um, But yeah, it was. I want
0: to talk about that light a little bit more because we talked about that before the podcast a little bit, and that was really interesting to me. Like you were, can you describe it a little bit? I don't want to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, So. There started, there got to a point where I, I was looking around the room, and it was at the time of realization that I'm in heaven. And when I say heaven, I mean it was like a realization of being in heaven on earth, but it being a complete vibration, like everything was heaven. Uh, we were creating it actively, but that's when I started seeing like colors extremely vivid, and I could see, I could look around the room, and I saw what seemed like all kind of one human, like. The same consciousness experiencing every different shade of emotion one person was purging throwing up one person was sleeping one person was like staring off into space just you could tell she was just like figuring things out um two people were hugging next to her they had just like they got this little cuddle puddle of love and then someone else next to them was playing the drums and music and um, you're watching all of these expressions. So I was starting to see light within each of each and every one of them. So like when they were purging and going through something, the light kind of went out because they were, you could see that they were thinking about something painful, you know, and then the person next to them that was in the state of bliss, they were like bright light and just colors coming out of them. And so then I went internal, um, and I tuned that out and I started seeing with my eyes closed how every single thought manifest itself um out into the world for me so for instance like something it wasn't i wouldn't even call it like a negative thought but something that wasn't as pleasant to think about crossed my mind and i didn't attach to it but i saw and again this is with my eyes closed the light get really dark and there were like these deep dark shades of blue and then mm-hmm. as i had that awareness i was like let's think this thought so i thought something happy and like i would get a bright flash of white wow. and then rainbows and like literally I saw rainbows the entire time, which was so funny to me because I didn't even think I was a rainbow person. So I was like, there's (laughs) rainbows in heaven. (laughs) But I think it was just signifying, like we have all these reminders taking us back to heaven all the time around us, music, colors and lights. Like my friends and I love live music and we always will go camping and like set up all these cool funky lights to look at. And I had a realization that like that's, All these little things that we do that bring us pleasure that seem so small these are little portals back to heaven back to that true state that's within us um Mm. so that's where like lights and colors and music just became so incredibly intense for me that's how i really like feel and see the world and that was just amplified because i think that is something that the medicine really does is it amplifies what you already know to be true whether you maybe had recognized that or not as your truth it's like you're coming back to remembrance of of everything. Um, and that was mm-hmm. what was so profound. It's like, I knew this feeling existed. I just never experienced it in this human body. Yeah. And so within that knowing and that experience, it was long enough to have a journey to where where I've had glimpses of it in other moments like breath work, yoga, meditation, all of that. This was long enough to just really anchor that in. And it's mm-hmm. like a memory now that's imprinted in me, that journey, To where it affects everything outside of my life, too.
0: That's so powerful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember sitting in uh, my third ceremony and I just started bawling and I was crying so hard because I had never experienced that much love for that long and so long ever in my entire life. It was almost like I felt what it felt like to integrate the feeling of love. And I, it just like, it wasn't leaving. I was like, Oh my God, I just couldn't stop crying. I was like, this is the most beautiful day potentially of my entire life. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was, um, that was something that surprised me in the journey too. I expected to have more purging, but I think I had, that year that I referred to like last year being really heavy for me, I think I had done a lot of the purging already Mm -hmm. going into it. And that was, part of the timing, the synchronistic timing of all this. Um, But yeah, that my purging came in tears uh, at that same realization, that point of realizing I was in heaven and looking around and seeing things from, you know, God's perspective from the the lens of love. It was like, life is so much easier than I thought it was. Like, this is, this is all a joke, you know, but like there was a beauty in that too. I didn't regret all the things that I had felt or my experiences. (laughs) And then I just, started bawling, crying. And I was like, well, I was laughing inside, I guess inside I was laughing. I was like, this is so funny. I'm crying, but I'm so happy. It's like, I feel the release of sadness through the tears, but it's such a happy joy because I feel at peace. Like I've never, ever felt this kind of peace. It's been so fleeting before. And that message, yeah, that message about surrender just kept coming through, like just on the other side of surrender is love. And it's That's a lesson I'll take through every single day of my life in some way.
0: Yeah, I feel that. It's It's almost like you can hear that phrase, but it doesn't actually hit you as to what it means until you experience what it means to actually let go and realize it's just the resistance that's causing pain. Like, what if you were just to allow and let go and just allow that love to come through on the other side of the fear, on the other side of the resistance? Like... Wow. And can you tell us a little bit about the dog in the ceremony? <laughs> I would love to. Um, so
1: leading up to this little backstory, uh, my dog passed just about a, just over a year ago, and she was with me for almost 17 years. And two days before the an- the ceremony was her anniversary. And I was talking on the phone with a friend who was also going to be in the ceremony with me. And I told her about Gracie and You know, I told her it's been a year today, and as I was saying that, I was walking through my house, and I stepped on something, and I looked down, and it was a piece of her food. And this is wild, because I have deep cleaned my house multiple times since then. There's been no trace of food of hers in over a year now, and it was not just, like, in a corner, like, maybe I could have missed it. It was out in the middle of the floor, where there's no way, like, it would have had to drop from the ceiling. And I bent down and picked it up and I just had this it was like ayahuasca, I think already starts working with you days before, but it was like all these little signs, like, you know, they're coming through very clear. So just had to give that backstory of like Gracie was very much with me going into this. Um, I took her paw Front into the ceremony with me too, just thinking oh like if God. I I was like, if I do have a spirit guide, I hope that she's on the other side. And if so anybody out there's had a pet that's passed, you you know, you know what that feeling. And it's like you just feel them with you still. So I was driving to the ceremony and I didn't really know anything about the place, like where we were going to be doing it or what that was going to be like. And I just had this feeling and it was like, I wish, I hope there's going to be a dog there. And then I kind of laughed at the feeling like, why would there be a dog there? And You know, like I thought it was going, it's going to be more of like a yoga studio setup. And sure enough, I get there and there's this little white dog, um, and she looks just like Gracie, my old dog. And at first, I was—I just looked at her and laughed, and I was like, "Oh, that's funny," because the food incident just happened. And I was like, "All right, well, we're already in it, you know—ceremony started or not. Like, we're we're in this." And so during the ceremony, uh, as I was having that release of uh, the the tears, I was kind of like in child's pose on my mat, and then I came out of it with just this feeling of love. And so I propped my hands. And my, or my chin in my hands and I'm sitting there with my eyes closed and the dog comes up to me and licks the left side of my face where my tears were. She just licked it right there. And then she looked me in the eye, opened my eyes. And then she went over and licked the other side. And normally if a dog, I'm a dog person, like dogs lick you, but usually it's like all over your face or, you know, she wasn't wagging her tail. She wasn't doing anything. She was just literally sitting there so stoic in front of me. And then licked the tears off the each side of my face, and then put her nose to mine and stayed there for what felt like a very long time, but it was probably like thirty seconds. And then she walked off, and I, I was just like, "Wow, <laughs> wow!" I could feel my dog's energy through her. But at the time, like my realization of that was like, "We're all the same. Like everything is love." You know, my my perception on like people, our loved ones crossing over. Um, that didn't, that changed a little bit because it wasn't, that didn't feel like a dimension that they were in. Although I think they do get to the, you know, we all get to a place of like feeling that love from source, but it was like, they were in a a different dimension. This is like past all the other ones where everything was just the same. So that dog was Gracie and, you know, I am God the same <laughs> way as the person next to me is God and, and the floor, and like every, it's just, we're vibrating that kind of love. I know that sounds wild, um, but that, it just gave me a different perspective on Dimensions and what that really means. It's not that we're like transporting in a spaceship somewhere, <laughs> although that journey can be so long, it feels like you are. Uh, it's more about a, just a place you get to inside yourself.
0: Yes, I love that. You know, and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit more getting to this place inside yourself because during my journey, uh, during the first ceremony, I I went to this place where I felt like I was in that ego bardo and it also felt like hell. And I realized I was like so scared that I was holding on and all that fear was turning into energy. And I started like feeling this, this almost like I was going into the void of darkness and it felt like hell and I was holding on for dear life and I was like, no, and I was like crying out for help. And then I was, and then I, it started relaxing me and I'm like okay all right that was it oh my god maybe it's over (gasps) please tell me it's over and about 20 minutes later because ayahuasca works in waves it started happening again and this time I was like what if I just totally surrender and let go and I started finding myself getting so bright and light like all I it was a black room but all I could see was like bright light behind my eyes and I just felt myself in this such an elated feeling. And I was like, wow, how interesting is it that we can create heaven and we can create hell right here in this moment just through letting go and this process of surrender and, and choosing that experience. And I was like, wow, heaven is not a place. It's a state of being inside of me. And, and that was just like a really breakthrough moment for me. And I know that you kind of were talking about this place in your journey too, where you were like, I felt like I was in heaven. Like, did you have something like that happen for you as well? Yes.
1: Actually the whole experience for me felt like I was in heaven. Like once I had that realization (laughs) and I, I know, like I, like I said, in the beginning of this, I had so much fear going into it. And I think that's, if anybody out there is like considering or contemplating doing it, know that, um, that is a healthy fear, but, don't expect your experience to be terrible because you heard some somebody else's experience was terrible. You know, it's um it's going to be so different for all of us. But I, yeah, I went to that state of heaven. And I think where I would have, I remember it feeling like a little road for, or fork in the road where I could have easily gone to that place that you were just referring to, which felt like hell. Because again, that's also created within us. But I literally at that point, I had already felt the surrender of just letting the medicine kick in and like I stopped holding on. So that lesson in surrender, was like my body had already accepted it and it passed right by that. It was like, I could go down that fork and go through that whole circle and, you know, find healing in that, or I'm just going to bypass that and and just surrender and let it go. So yeah, the feeling is it, so powerful to me because I know I referenced that my, uh, my upbringing and religion It was not an easy one, and it really did a number on me with how, especially like in my early 20s when I was finding myself, like how I felt about God and and understood that to be, Um, and I knew that there was like some missing link in it. So for me in this experience, getting to go experience that place um, and see how every single thought that I think, every action and reaction, all of that brings me to either heaven or hell within every day and within every moment. Um, and that's not to say that you can always just positive um positively think your way out of something. You know, sometimes you do have to go into that lesson. But there was this feeling of letting go of the attachment to being that happy and being in that bliss. Because on other journeys I've had in the past uh with, with plant medicine, I held on to that feeling and the ego bardo started when I feared letting go of it.
0: And it's like mm.
1: it was almost like God was showing me like Yes, you can be this blissful, but you can also be blissful in sadness, and you can be blissful by just letting go and experiencing the human wave of every single emotion that you feel. So, I don't know if that—I know that's kind of all over the place, but that was like how—that's—that's that's, that's how heaven felt to me. And so, um, that choice of bringing it into our body—something I want to reference—that I had like a realization I had during the journey was about the Bible and where I had had some resistance to it because of my upbringing. I had this moment of, of thinking everything in the Bible makes sense to me now, like everything. And I can't even remember the exact scripture it is now or how it was worded, but I remembered it during the journey, which is so wild. But I heard the scripture, um, no man can enter the kingdom of heaven and something about like the, the sight of God, they couldn't withstand the sight of God. And that always felt so harsh to me growing up. Like, So we're supposed to pray to this God, but yet we can't even be in his, his sight, you know, without like, we're too lowly or, you know, it just didn't like, it didn't feel good in my body with that belief, but it all made sense in that moment. It was like, no, we can't sustain at the vibration that we're at right now. Generally speaking, we can't withstand that vibration, that high intense love that I experienced there. Uh, It's not sustainable, but with ayahuasca going into it, like we referred to the to you know, you're cleansing your mind, body, and spirit, you're raising your mm-hmm. vibration that way, you're choosing to let go of toxic situations and things that are bringing your vibration down. Um, then, on top of that, you're setting these very clear intentions like praying to God with the medicine, like, Help me get to this place. You have a clear vision of where you want to go with it. Um, all of that, yeah, brings you to this state of a place where you can enter the kingdom of heaven, if that makes sense. But again, that's just within yeah. you. So that's how that's really I hope. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Cause that was one of the most powerful realizations I had is yes, you can't just go like if I'm whereas religion might place and nothing against religion um, that works for people, but where to me dogma had placed rules on how I have to live my life to get to God, you know, like basically like more of a judgment kind of way, a fearful way, like you're going to hell well, yeah, in a way we do go to hell, but we created ourselves. If we keep doing things that are out of yeah, alignment it's created in our
0: own minds yeah, with, with our energy.
1: It's not what the, what a church tells me what I need to do. It's what I know inside feels right as alignment. So if you're looking at alignment yeah. as this line this gauge within you and everything that you do that feels good, keeps you on that. And then you do another thing that feels good. You just stay on this beautiful path, but you know, we're human and we're going to go off on these other little tangents and maybe do something that doesn't feel good, like take the job that doesn't resonate, but we're fearful of not having it. You know, like yeah. all these decisions we make to have to show us how to get back into alignment. Like you can still be human and exactly. create abundance and do all these things, but like live it to your truth. And, yeah. and that's what's going to be. And it feels alive.
0: good for both our human self and our higher self. And I think that's like also a difference too, because sometimes eating cake feels really amazing. And <laughs> if I ate it every day, you know what I mean? It could be yeah. it could be a thing. But our higher self knows, like, you know what, at the end of the day, like, sure, you want this, but do you actually really does it really, really fulfill you? It's like coming back to that. Cause I think that like the church and religion is such a beautiful guideline, but people take it to such an extreme, partly because this is just my opinion, but they potentially haven't tapped into their own inner guidance and their own inner trust, and haven't let themselves ask questions beyond, you know, what what the church has told them. And and because not enough people have asked those questions, um, it's not really standard to have a lot of those answers. So going down journeys like this is a really beautiful way to allow yourself to. Get those answers and to find your alignments again and really listen to your inner truth and your inner trust and one thing that you were saying just now is um, the quote you can't stand in the presence of God or enter the kingdom of God um, you, you know you, don't, you without whatever doing a certain thing and I think that part of that is we exist in a three-dimensional reality which means, length times width times height it means that there is us there's another and there's god it's like the trinity everything exists in threes in this dimension and part of this is we see everything in duality and that's the only way that we can exist like there is black and white good or bad right so that also exists for us and if we were to not have that our ego would be one with every other ego so the only way that we exist is by having another, and so I think part of that quote from the Bible is also saying, you know you are potentially um God, otherwise, like you couldn't actually look at God. do you know what I'm trying yeah <laughs> do you know what I'm trying to say? It's almost like the only way that God exists as something separate is if we have a human ego but once our human ego dissipates we actually become one with god again
1: yeah yes that makes all the sense because my realization the way it came to me was my heart opening like opening my heart is the connection to god and when my heart is closed which it's been a lot of my life and even in the open times i don't think it was never open to the open to the capacity that is now um mm-hmm. but all those times that I was really closed down, like so say right after a breakup or, you know, a hard loss of some kind, um, your heart naturally kind of, kind of closes up just to protect yourself, just like your muscles, you know, clench up around something that you've injured, you know, when you're at the gym, just to protect it, like in your back. It's the same kind of idea. Um, but that's what closes off our connection with God and with our source. And then that's what closes off our ability to see the God within the person in front of us and within the situation that we're dealing with. And so it's a matter of um, despite what you're going through, finding a way to maintain an open heart and coming back to that place. Like even in the moments that you stray out of it, how can you bring yourself back to that center? And for me at the moment, this is so fresh in me, it's a matter of just like remembering that feeling. When I asked the medicine, what do I look like from God's eyes? It sh- she showed me, it was like I was looking into a lens and I saw this little human version of me and I couldn't see what I was carrying, but I was carrying like something huge on my back because I was kind of like bent over walking. And then I was carrying something behind me, like on a sled and from God's perspective. And I, you know, I'm feeling it in my body. I just laugh and I was like, Oh, you're making it so much harder than it has to be. Like, just mm. let it go. And when I let it go, It's like I merged back into one with my body in that moment and my heart. It just felt like everything was stripped off and open and it felt so raw, but where I feared that rawness and vulnerability, that was, that was where the bliss was coming from, like pure bliss. And from there led into another, um, if you don't mind me straying off for a second, another realization in the journey for empaths, for everyone, but especially empaths is um, letting people have their experience because from an open heart, I, I would look at someone like purging and really struggling through their part of the journey. And, and like my intuition was like, just go do this. You can help them or fix them or just hug them. They, they need comfort. But then the medicine was like, no, observe them. Let them have the experience. By you letting them have that experience and providing the space, you're allowing them to heal. And so that was like a really profound thing because from a place of a closed heart, you want to fix everybody and you want to like take on everybody's stuff whether you're even doing it consciously or not that's what we tend to do especially in, in but when you open your heart you can actually channel from this place like this heaven within us channel your healing capabilities um, to them without changing it for them or taking the experience away from them if that makes sense
0: so powerful yeah it does for yeah. sure yeah, that's super powerful, letting people have their own experiences and not needing to fix them. And and trusting that the experience that someone's having is the healing journey. Because sometimes, you know, I love doing things myself in general and learning things myself. I obviously love when people give me some pointers or tips, but there are times where if I don't embody the the wisdom and the knowledge i will do it again and so sometimes we have to actually embody something and experience it fully in order to actually learn and up level and move to the next journey or phase of our life and yeah i think that's like a really powerful realization to just like allow them to have that experience right before my um right before my ayahuasca retreat Um, I went to a Tantra retreat. And my biggest download from that retreat was around sovereignty. And part of it was, um, it was about taking full responsibility for yourself. And the second part of it was not taking responsibility for other people. And I always find myself taking responsibility for other people's experiences to a fault, where I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I have to do this. And it's less of a, for me, I never really related it to being an empath, but I related it to being more like a parent of like, you know, I obviously don't have kids, but I always take on this role of like, is everybody good? Does everyone have what they need? Are your businesses succeeding? Do you have money? Like, are you okay? Like taking on this role of just like making sure that everybody is like grounded and like doing their things in life and like, you know, feeling good. And I I found myself, just breaking that. And I took that into the ceremony as well. And I was like, wow, this is so powerful. This is like one of the best things that I've ever, I've ever experienced before. It was so freeing for me. Yeah. Freedom is like,
1: that word just, I don't know, like sings through my body right now in a way that it never has before, because that was a huge, that's been a huge thing for me um, just as a human. And Especially once I started my uh, Reiki journey and, and went into, you know, becoming a Reiki master, and I'm dealing with people, their deep stuff on an energetic level a lot. And in the past, you know, I had already gotten to a point where it didn't drain me. Like I learned to to channel that more than give, try to give from my cup. But a, a really cool realization in the ceremony was, from that place, when if I can tap back into that vibration. And all I have to do to go there, it's like, hopefully this won't change, but it's like a short little shortcut through my heart. You know, like I drop in and then I go to that place of heaven and I just feel the vibration. And even though there might, you know, it might be harder to feel it now, I can still feel that. And if I can tap into that and heal from that place or provide space from that place or provide listening from that place, it never drains my cup. And I was like, (laughs) I was too like incapacitated at the time to really like jump up and scream or do anything. But everything inside of me was like, yes! I figured it out, I figured it out. And I was just like, go you, like I'm so proud of you. Oh
0: my God, I was like, oh my God, that's so so (laughs)
1: sweet. Because so many people that was, that's the people that come to me or like come on the retreats that we facilitate That's one of the biggest things or, uh, you know, hardest things, struggles that you hear people talk about is I feel like my cup is empty, you know, and they're whether they're a parent giving to their kids constantly or, you know, in a position like we are where we're leading events and like you're always pouring. It's just like this constant pour, (laughs) but they feel depleted and they don't feel like they have anything. And so, yes, there's an element of self-care and taking the uh, necessary steps to keep your human happy and fill your cup but then also like during this journey it taught me like that's a place within me that now that I've experienced I can go there and fill people's cup from that and where mm. I know I'm out of alignment would be if I start to feel drained then I wasn't in alignment when I gave like I wasn't in that place and giving from that place I was giving in yeah. scarcity of like oh well I don't want them to be upset or like whatever let me pour anyway even though I'm I'm not mm. tapped into that so Oh, that's something I'm that. still very much processing. It's like oh alignment God. for me means my cup is full. And that's something that had not even really come into my mind until this conversation. So I'm grateful <laughs> for providing the space because I'm still very much processing it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, similarly, it's probably in the same moment that you just had that realization. I realized that it's so simple and I actually have a habit of like overcomplicating it. Like I felt myself even in this moment be like, wow, You know, let's just explain what that really means. And I'm like, no, like it's that simple. Like when you are feeling love, that is your source of healing. You were talking about in Reiki, just channeling that place of love. And then you have all the energy, all the healing power that you need where you're not going to get drained. It's almost like we forget that love is the source of all energy, almost like our sun. You know, it's like love is our energy source. And it's so simple that it's almost easy to forget. Like, oh, yeah. Like, whenever you fall in love, it's that feeling of, like, infinite energy. Like, oh, my gosh, I can clean my whole house. I'm going to do everything I've ever wanted to do in my life. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's almost like we just, like, remember that feeling of, wow, could life always feel this energizing? I think, yes. When we're tapped into that love and we keep coming back to love, that's our source of energy. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, the you know the book we might have even talked about this on the last podcast, but one of my favorite books of all time is A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, mm. and <laughs> she's uh, she's a believer and teacher of the worker or the Course in Miracles, and so I know it's based on that. But it was it's funny looking back on it because when I first read that years ago, it awakened something in me, and then I would go back over the years and, and still do sometimes use it as a devotional and just like open to a random page in the morning. Um, and that's everything that she has described in that book, the place that I went to during my ayahuasca journey. And so it was like all these moments still happening that are like, I get it. I get it now. You know, like that was a belief that I, like I had faith that that was the right way. Cause my heart knew and you have that remembrance on a soul level that this is my natural state, no matter what's happened or what hasn't happened. Like that is my natural state. You always, I think we're all born with some memory of that. It's just a matter of if we like really dive into it. Um, But yeah, she she reminded us in every page of that book in some way, how to look at a situation, relationship, decision through the lens of unconditional love. And Mm -hmm. that's what this journey did for me. It was like, but I know all of that was a part of my journey. Like if I had gone into this three years ago, you know, it would have been much different and probably a lot scarier to be honest, because I had a lot more stuff to work through. And I say that from a place of knowing that it's an ongoing journey and I by no means think I've like figured it all out or I'm done healing, but I also feel like I've allowed myself to let go of the struggle of that or the need, like the addiction to always like, what's the next thing? What's, what, what can I do to be better? What can I do to, to feel better? Like, I don't need that now. So whatever happens Mm -hmm. from here in the journey, I guess that's why it feels like a new book. Um, Whatever happens, I'm just leaning into it, you know, like lean like I almost see it as a visual of like some this wall of energy that's really difficult and dense to go through. And you know it's gonna hurt and you know it's gonna be, you know, challenging, but when you get through it, you have this whole nother dimension of like something incredible. It's like a better version of this reality. And instead of fighting up and clenching and pushing away against it like I always have, just soften your body and lean into it. And like, all right, let's go through this journey. Let's the only way through to get to the other side is to go through it you know you can't bypass it
0: So uh, totally oh my gosh yeah (sighs) yeah so powerful becca thank you so much for sharing your experience and thank you for being so vulnerable and reflecting so deeply i know it's only been a few days but i cried the first time You called me after the ceremony and I felt how powerful it was. And I was like, okay, I think we should record a podcast sooner than later because this feeling is so powerful and um, I can't do it while I'm crying, but let's give it a few days (laughs) and then do it. So I'm really glad that we did this and we're recording this. And for anyone else who's interested in doing ayahuasca, any sort of plant medicine experience, what would you kind of, um, what would you kind of tell people?
1: That's a great question. Um, I would say preparation, well, actually before preparation even, um, I really felt strongly about the way that I invited it in, and I've, I've heard from other people that have done it in some form or fashion. They've kind of done the same thing, like open their heart to it, and that doesn't mean you can't choose the, the you know, date to go do it on and, and book your flight somewhere, but energetically, there is a difference in like just putting the intention out and believing that if it's meant to come and when it's meant to come, it will, it opens you up to the beginning of surrender anyway. And so that would be my first suggestion is just to get really um, clear on why you want to do it. Your intentions will come from that place and then surrendering into the faith that it will happen. And little things Mm -hmm. in your life might start just moving around and shifting. So you're able to get to that place easier. Um, And then Spending the weeks before leading up to it, um, not looking at the the diet part of it like it's such a struggle, but like it's a gift and um, like that, you know, um, reference to the Bible where, you know, like preparing man to enter into the kingdom of God, like that's how I would look at it going back into it again. Like, wow, what a privilege to be able to dull my senses back down and clear my body and clear this temple so that I get to have this amazing experience. And then I get to elevate to this next place. And that takes a lot of the pressure, I think, off of usually when we tell ourselves, you can't do this, like, don't drink wine or don't eat sugar. You don't have that ice cream. We start resisting it instantly. And like that inner childness is like, no, we're just fighting it. Um, so leaning into that process a little bit, I think really already like preps your heart for opening and surrendering more. Um, being really, really clear with that intention and then doing your research on um, on where you're doing it. So if it is something that you're, you know, say you don't get a call and directly invited, that's totally fine. But just be really clear on, um, trusting what you feel in your heart and in your gut about a place. Like if you're looking into a shaman or to a place to do it, you know, maybe talk to people that have gone there and be able to listen to a place, uh, from a place of unattachment, knowing that your journey could be totally different, but that you do feel safe because your body's always going to tell you like, yeah, that's a good idea. Or, There's a little bit of closing that's not a great idea so uh yeah yeah. just the the preparation and the the clarity around why you're doing it and and how you do it i think is really important that's amazing and just to lean in and soften like it's gonna they're Mm -hmm. gonna be hard moments but the more you soften like that is such a part of i i I imagine everybody's journey is that feeling like you even mentioned of once you let it go and surrender like the medicine shows us that like what that feels Mm -hmm. like and how bliss is right on the other side of it. And so the other part of that is like integration. You know, I've already planned. I I planned a lot of time this week to not have to be too overstimulated or, you know, work quite as much. So just do your best to uh, plan your lifestyle out that following week around it to know that you have a lot of a lot of stuff to ground and to anchor in and you don't want to just like bypass it and like move on to the next thing. So just spending, which I'm still in the process of doing, but spending the needed time to really integrate and anchor those realizations into your body.
0: Mm, that is so good. That is so beautiful. Wow, <laughs> I love it. Coming from a Virgo, you got the whole manual written. It's so amazing.
1: <laughs> it's so good. And your mind.
0: <laughs> totally. One thing I'm gonna add to that is uh, setting is really important and having a shaman that you really trust is important. And not every single shaman is going to have the same container. So, Becca, you had a really incredible, strong container. I had a really incredible, strong container. I know other people who haven't, which means, you know, people are walking in and out. There could be a whole bunch of things. It could be outside. It could start raining during the middle of the ceremony. It could. There's so many factors. So whatever it is, obviously trust your intuition. You're never going to know. You're never going to be able to, like, be there and actually see the space and maybe you won't have a chance to meet the shaman, but really allow yourself to feel, okay, what are the things that I need? Ask questions, get yourself prepared. And just know like these are lessons that you could carry with you for the rest of life, right? Like Becca was talking about, it's all, it's all about like surrender, letting go, like allowing yourself to move through resistance, which when we're in life, it's the exact same journey, So this is almost like a a little testing ground to be like, oh, and you're getting help from potentially one of the oldest, most connected, most transformational plants that has ever walked this planet. And plants have been around way longer than humans. And they've carried all this information with them, right? And if you think, wow, you're talking to plants, that's insane. Well, it is a very powerful way of connecting to something beyond just ourselves. Everything in this world holds a consciousness, and there's some things that are even smarter than humans. So uh, that's what I'll say regarding ayahuasca, and for anybody out there who is interested in doing retreats, specifically women, Becca and I host retreats uh, in Mexico and in Atlanta as of right now, and um, we hold a retreat called Wild Heart Retreat. And this is for women that are looking to connect with their inner wild woman and open up their heart so they can experience these levels of unconditional love. It's not going to be with ayahuasca, but it's just going to be through breath work, through dance through movement, through, through sounding, through the voice, through a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different, uh, weekends, uh, experiences that we will take you on. Mm.
1: I love it. And I'm so inspired for the next one. It's like, I experienced so much. We experienced so much with even facilitating with people there that we're all expanding every single time and every journey and every retreat is different. Um, You know, especially depending on the container, it can be focused on one thing and then another thing. Um, But now after this uh, experience with ayahuasca, I, I've never felt so open in my life. Like in, in my heart, it's just ready to ooze out of me. So I can't wait for the next uh, next experience and, and what that's gonna feel like coming from that place of tapping back in. Like I just feel like I can show I can guide a little bit easier to get to that place now and um, and be yes. more open to the, the medicine that each attendee brings too
0: because we're all mm-hmm.
1: co-creating that together.
0: Beautiful. Becca, thank you Hi. so much for being a part of this and sharing your journey. And for everybody listening, you can go ahead and subscribe to the Chelsea Zona podcast. You can follow Becca. Her Instagram is at HolisticHoney, H E U N N I. And you can follow me on Instagram, follow along the journey here in Tulum, Mexico. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.